Red Pill, back in action. Yo, yo, Dan yo. James. James. James Mersoff. Live age. Yeah. <laughs> we should have switched yeah, up a little bit. Dan James. Oh. James is a bit muddled, isn't it? Yeah, they all get it. They we work on that. They've been listening to us for a bit now. You should so, know who we are. You should have. Like, so look, we've got it. a um, very special episode today. We're going to be covering a lot of really important topics. Um, you know, you'd have to be buried under a rock recently to see that there has been a lot of... Um, it's just gone crazy recently, hasn't it? Yeah. Like the youth amongst London. There's been 49 murders. 49 now? This year. Last time I heard was 48, so... 49, well... Yeah. One more then. So look, to start things off and to sort of get you guys into um, the mode of what we're going to be talking about, um, I wrote this poem today at lunch, um, just to my thoughts on... I'm just going to share it. More deaths, young lives, reduced funding for youth projects... Stimulation required. So we turn to guns and knives. Cressida Dick says social media is to blame. Surely at some point, cuts to police and youth engagement projects will enter the frame. Is this really the best we can do? Three teenagers were attacked in unrelated incidents on Monday night and two are dead. Two. Violence has been normalised and presented as okay. As long as it takes place on a state level, news coverage of wars legal murder on display. Stop and search implemented in Harringay, except for Muswell Hill. Everyone has to pay the price, except for those that can actually afford the bill. Don't get me wrong, action is needed, but mark my words as they need to be heeded. It is important we don't further alienate a community that already feels left behind. The riots weren't too long ago and remain fresh in people's mind. Imagine if they stopped and searched suits in the central part of town. Imagine all the coke they'd find. That's why that shit doesn't go down. And I raise this point to highlight the bias that comes with stop and search. Coked up obnoxious bankers get left to it. Black boys in tracksuits get left in a lurch. Responsible policing will overcome this stigma and allow tensions to subside. Disparity in approach to policing has a negative impact on our peers damages their pride. Age less than 20 and dying on the streets, we shake our heads in sorrow, then back to our lives and main priorities, maybe order some Uber Eats. We have social inequality levels at the highest they've been for years. When the media switches off its attention, mothers, fathers, friends, communities will continue to drown in tears. It annoys me when people scream for tougher policing to be brought back. I think community engagement is the solution, something that as a society we currently lack. Youths let down by a system they feel, no, they, feel they have no place in. The ostracised enter, enter a life of crime. Innocents become victims of their sin. And fuck the spin. Tell the truth. We have money for bribing the DUP and giving tax breaks, but none for the troubled youth. It can cost up to £40,000 a year to lock someone up in jail. Perhaps we should focus on prevention, allow arts and education to prevail. Think of all the doctors, lawyers, musicians, journalists, athletes, nurses, police officers, social workers we could have had. They could have been anything they wanted. They could have had it all. Self-esteem has been battered from birth. It makes me really fucking mad. Some of our people live in constant fear. We're not close to a solution. In fact, we're nowhere near. We need to take responsibility at every single level. Maybe look at the films, the music and propaganda inspired wars in which we revel. 
What we need are honest conversations driven by progress and unity, not syncophantic opportunism, thinly veiled greed. In the meantime, let's mourn, spare a thought for all that have been murdered, especially those, especially those less than two decades born. Perpetrators deservedly receive our scorn, but even they have been let down by a society where the fabric holding it together is pulling apart, tired and worn. That's it. Nice. Heavy. I think that's a very great way to start this episode. There's a lot of things that you did say there <laughs> that I could touch upon. Mm. Um, funny enough, um, we talk about like the cause of what's going on with this knife crime and that sort of stuff there. Um, I was looking at something today and um, people were saying that they believe that um, putting money behind the solution is not going to fix the solution. They believe that people is this is the people need to take responsibility themselves that the kids that are doing it need to take responsibility themselves and stop putting blame on the government how Nick it, Ferrari said something about that today so. yeah I mean question how is like putting up a fucking skate ramp gonna stop people from carrying knives precisely um well, I don't think well yeah because you said in the poem mm-hmm. that like you think stimulation is required like you think yeah. kids are just bored and that's why they're murdering each no, other no not at all not at all. I think that hmm. there's a few ways to answer this question. I'm, I'm actually going to tell you a story quickly. So last Thursday, um, I was at a book launch by a lady called MC Angel. She released a book called Moments of Significance. MC Angel is a youth worker. She's an MC. She's a poet. Um, and she's lived a very sort of troubled life. She lived. She was a white working class female um, who um, grew up, had to grow up gay on a, on a really rough estate in Camden and performing on the night of her book launch was a guy called George the Poet. Have you heard oh, of George yeah, the Poet? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. George mm-hmm. the Poet comes from <laughs> an area that is underfunded, there's not much there in terms of stimulation and he basically talked about the work that he does where he goes into prisons and uses poetry as a way to try and influence a better, um, he tries to inspire some sort of motivation in these guys. And he was there because MC Angel used to mentor him in a youth centre that facilitated troubled kids from the area to come and take part in the arts, to take part in poetry, to take part in whatever it is, take part in sports, which kept them off the streets, kept them away from negative influences. George the Poet said if it wasn't for that, he would be in a very different place and we could have potentially lost on what is now someone who goes out and fights for social equality, someone who is very intelligent and is a very important artist. Mm -hmm. I think using the term like just throwing up a skate park, it's a very simplistic way to describe the fact that actually it shows engagement. Like if you want to think about it, like if you're you're at work and they don't want to invest in you to, they tell you to bring your own pens into work. (laughs) What does a message say? Mm. You're not important, Mm -hmm. right? And you're not engaged at work all of a sudden. It's a shit analogy to use. But I think that, yeah, if there's more stimulation, if there's more getting... It's not just, here's a skate park. Oh, there's a skateboard. Go do your thing. It's actually, like, developing people, engaging in people. I think, I think like, the issue that we have here is that I honestly believe that um, if people do not want to have responsibility in this in the first place... When I say people have responsibility, I'm not talking about... The day-to-day people, I'm talking about people who can actually make a difference. So um, I don't believe that, um, I believe that in terms of engaging people in the community, I think that's a way it can help. 
but I don't believe that that's the most effective thing. I think it's just a method. I think the main reason why this has happened is the cuts to community, community support officers, police. I've, I've said that before on a previous podcast. Um, growing, up, like, growing up in Croydon, when I was younger, it was, it was bad. Yeah, but when we got older, I started noticing they had more community support officers. And I would say the generation after us, or well, a few other generations after, a few other like, years below us, there was a period where knife crime really went down. It was still going on, but it went, went down. And afterwards, um, it came to like, just after like, say Boris Johnson um, left, mm. um, they'd done huge cuts on community support officers and they've been cutting it more and more and more as time's been going on. And as we've seen the cuts in police stations and community support officers, because police stations have been closing down, like so many have been closing down a lot. Mm. We've seen a rise in crime and I don't see... What do community support officers do? Um, so, for example, they, they're not allowed to actually like um, uh, arrest people and that sort of stuff, but they actually are around and they get to know all the kids within the area. Yeah. So they know who the bad kids are. They know who the kids are like, that need protecting and they, they know who they like. I can imagine when they first get that job, it must be extremely awkward. And I remember when the community sort of support officers would come around us, we used to laugh at them and look at them like they're, like they're stupid. But I think after a while, they begin to create a relationship with these kids. So when they become full-fledged police officers, they're actually part of the community. Like, they're actually part well, of the what community. What do they do? They do. They just... They, they, they monitor and see what's going on. So if there's something that's wrong... So it's just they, they just call. Yeah, having a presence. Yeah. They'll call that... They'll call out the other police. They'll call out the full-fledged police to come around and do something about it. So they're just people that are there to monitor what's going on. If knives are involved, though, don't you think that the police would arrive too late? Um, I think if knives are involved, I think a community support officer, it's just like a civilian, would be allowed to jump in and try to save the situation at that moment in time. Do you think it's wise for them to jump in? Um, at the end of the day, being a policeman is not a, it's, it's a dangerous job. It's their duty. Yeah, it's their duty. And they wear a stab-free vest. But are community support officers wearing stab-proof vests and stuff? Yeah, they yeah, are. They're fully kitted out. Uh-huh. The only reason you know uh-huh. they're PCSOs is because they have it on the side. They'll have it yeah. listed on the side. Yeah, and they're wearing the blue outfits. But I, I think like the, <coughs> that, that example of like, you know, if the knives come out, it's great. But what I think the fundamental thing and the purpose of my poem is about prevention as opposed to reaction. That doesn't help us right now. Right now, we're in a difficult situation, right? And right now, we definitely would benefit from higher police presence, 100%. There has been cuts there too, mm-hmm. right? We would benefit right now from higher police presence, and that's what they're doing. They're putting more feet on the street as a reaction. But a long-term solution to this can't just be every time the every time there's an escalation of violence, just fucking chuck loads of police in it. I don't. There has don't, to be some kind of solution to this. I don't think. I don't think community support officers is a short-term solution. I don't think so because either. It you think it's a long-term solution? I think it's definitely a long-term solution. So out of interest, what you're saying is you like you don't think the art. You don't think some sort of artistic outlet or like like fucking sports outlet, right? Maybe would, it, is maybe it has to be both. I think it I should think, be I both. Think, I think. I think in order to get that sport and art. Like the, the, the outlet's going, yeah. you need the community support officers and you need higher police presence. I think, I think that you cannot, um, you can't get, you can't allow, people can't get the freedom to really express themselves yeah. unless they feel safe. Yeah. One thing that I find quite interesting about it though is that like we already have arts 
and sports and music lessons in schools, you know, to yeah. varying degrees, depending on, you know, how many, res how much resources mm -hmm. they've got and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but they're like really like, I don't know what it was like when you guys were at school, but for me, like people were just really loathed the classes, like they didn't enjoy them, they didn't respect them. Yeah. And they, I never felt like it was a proper artistic outlet for me. Yeah. And I would be hesitant to any kind of state run mm -hmm. after school activity because it would become an extension of school and people would just do the same thing where they play true okay the like, thing is you're right okay but okay. like if you give someone if you, if you if you were to take somebody's hypothetically speaking if you were to take a kid who has spent predominantly a lot of his time on the streets and around his peers yeah right and you tell him to write a shakespeare style poem right he's gonna be like fuck you yeah or he's gonna give you some attitude or he's not gonna be interested or he's not gonna be engaged in it but if you let him do what he wants and write and make the kind of art that he wants to make, school, the problem with school is, yeah, you have to follow their programme. So even when they're getting you to do something artistic, it's yeah, something that maybe ain't that art. What I'm saying is that if we, if we insist that like local councils or the government install some kind of cultural hub, it will become institutionalised just like that's, school. Oh, it's just not true. It will. That's just not true. It has to be grassroots. Uh -huh. the no, no, I'm speaking. I'm not, right, the reason why the George the Poet thing worked really well is because because it was grassroots and the person who ran his program she started it herself it was her passion project and the people there she can start it by herself and it's funded by the council it's funded by the government but and she gets to come in the social work the workers the youth workers come in they get to they get to work with the funding and the space that's been provided right you're right it has to be a grassroots it's someone's passion project though like, yes, the funding was there, but it was fundamentally, at the, at the end of the day, it was Which is what I'm talking about needs to be more of. And there's people there ready to do it. The problem is they don't have the funding to do it. Like, trust me, the people that I've met, so many of the people I've met at these open mic events and stuff, you've got people like Shady, you've got people like MC Angel. They're fucking, like, people like Ghetto Geek TV. I could, the list could go on. They are people that work with youth in their own fucking time, right, to go and literally stop shit like this happening but i think i like, think what's today's george the poet yeah and that kind of poetry is tomorrow that's that's shakespeare tomorrow do you know what i mean like i don't think what do you mean the reason, the reason i say that is because in terms that you show it to the kids and the kids get bored by it that like, you're just talking about in terms of like the shakespeare that but doing george that stuff is doing there. it for himself he is doing it for himself but what i'm trying to say is that like um in terms of being stimulated it's always going to change so like you said it becomes institutionalized that this kind of poetry will become institutionalized one day, and that's just how it works. Like just, like like say that when music comes out at the start, this music is like streets, like kind of like street level, and the next thing you know, that music is is commercialized. Everything starts to become commercialized, and something new comes up later on. And I just feel like that's just going the to happen anyway. And that's, that's not a problem. That's okay. Most people actually, most kids, most people actually want to do positive, good things. Right. And, and, and I think if we focus too much on the stimulation about whether like our oh, poetry's cool now, but it won't be later. That's not the point. The point is, is when people have a place, a safe place where they can explore some environments and gives them a different focus. It's like if you take a kid who's naturally talented football, mm -hmm. but you never let, he never gets a chance to kick a ball. Mm -hmm. What's he going to do? He's not going to be kicking a fucking football, that's for sure. But mm -hmm. what it might, he might not be a professional footballer. But the self-esteem that he builds from doing this activity and being good at something might inspire him into doing something else. Yeah. Maybe through that he finds that actually he wants to be good at academia. Maybe through that he ends up getting a degree. And maybe through that he finds stimulation from fucking wanting to become a doctor or a nurse or some shit. I don't know. But yeah. I just know that self-esteem and building self-esteem in our youth is so important. And I feel like if you don't have those avenues, I was lucky. I was like told I was loved every single fucking day. There are kids out there that didn't have that. 
This is an interesting point for me because I, I do agree that cultural outlets are really important and sports outlets are really important and I think they shape your character and they help you in so many different ways. Fundamentally though, um, you need your parents to tell you that they love you. I do feel that that makes a massive difference when it comes to picking up a knife or not. Like, do you actually have, do you know what love is? Like, do you have the mm. sense of security at home? Yeah. And I, I don't think any level of cultural hub or art centre or park can replace, replace like, you know, a missing okay. father. So what do we do with those a, kids then? You know, verbally abusive. Just say fuck them. Okay, this, like, this, this, what do we do with those kids then? Here's, here's, here's one thing as well, actually, when it comes to those kids too, is that those kids are out there with kids that probably are being told that they get loved and that sort of stuff by their parents. But say, say there's a kid that's not being told that and that kid feels really angry, really vicious, yeah? And he's quite a danger. So I'm here and I'm being told that I, my, my parents are telling me every day that she loves me, but I know this kid could come to get me. So what should I do? I shouldn't bring a knife. I shouldn't fight that kid. I shouldn't be ready to handle myself against that kid. I shouldn't get myself fully involved in that life so I can handle myself against that kid. Being accepted by your peers when you're growing up is such a powerful thing and unfortunately there are some kids that live in areas where to get the respect to your peers right means committing some kind of violence that is in no way me excusing that i'm saying that we can't underestimate the power that other people have on other people yeah. mm -hmm. and there's impressed so many impressionable kids out there they're getting fucked over like do you know how many people get caught with fucking drugs that's like it's not even their drugs they've been yeah. told to by someone else yeah, yeah? yeah. because they're impressionable little kids mm -hmm. but to bring it back to that point about okay you're right maybe if someone is not getting love at home maybe no amount of creative outlet is going to help them the question is then what do we do because the people that they're killing aren't all bad either. They're killing good people as well. And we can't just kind of sit there and say, oh, well, that kid's fucked. But the thing yeah, is, well, actually, and at the end of the day, they're all minors. It doesn't matter if they're good or they, bad, they, they're children or not, they're all children. Yeah, they are. And they're not seen as children, that's the problem. Right, but my point is, what are we <coughs> saying about those kids then that aren't getting love at home, that don't get any creative outlet? What can do you do with those Here's kids? the thing, I want to go back to a point you said before. I don't think that a lot of these, I think it is a bit of a disservice to say that people are doing it to be accepted by their friends. Because a lot of times, for you to have that freedom to go outside, to go to like the supermarket, whatever, shopping centre, like with your friends and be comfortable, you have to be part of a team, um, you have to have a reputation, and you have to be that kind of person for yourself to even have that kind of freedom in the first place. Be that kind of person. Yeah, who we'll have that kind of name. A child. Yeah. Have you seen Ill Manners? Yeah. So you know what, I'm, a, you know what I'm going to bring yeah. up next then? Have you seen Ill Manners? No. It's a terrific so, film. So Plan B yeah. made this film. <laughs> it's a complete independent film, self-film. Mm. He went a bit He went a bit over the top in some areas, but yeah. he raised valid questions around specifically how kids actually end up getting sucked up into crime. Mm. It's an impressionable you trying to impress them lot, the older gang who didn't show him any respect until mm -hmm. they made him commit an act of violence. Mm -hmm. All right? And only then after he betrayed his friend, suddenly he was sucked in. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's a film, but mm -hmm. I think that's a fairly good benchmark for, it's done through terrorizing as well. Mm -hmm. It's not like some, some eight year old's like, yeah, I'm a big man. And then everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, he's got the respect. He can go to the shops. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's the same at work. Yeah, mm -hmm. I keep on using work examples, right? But some, sometimes bosses manage you by scorn. 
Sometimes a boss will manage you by like, if, if it's in a sales environment, for instance, yeah, you won't be part of all the jokes or the inside jokes because mm-hmm. you're not doing well. Yeah. Right. And inst- and they kind of train you how to impress them. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I'm saying is if you've got some impressionable kid, right, who's been disrespected on a constant level and then suddenly one day he does that one thing that impresses them and they show him respect for it. Mm-hmm. That's conditioning. You condition yeah. people around you how to behave around you. Yeah. And they do it through violence. They do it for intimidation. Mm-hmm. Right. But my question is, right. How do we. Fucking, if we're, if we're just saying that, oh, okay, cool, like, no creative outlet's going to help, we need some more CSOs, mm-hmm. but how do we engage with these communities where this is happening? Yeah, um, okay, I, I, okay, going back, to, I think the, the points you guys have made, yeah, is, is true, but I think the Thanks, fact... James. I know, but, no, but I think the fact <laughs> remains is true, but I think the fact remains that a lot of this happens, it's, it's not, like, how to explain, people... This, this, this is going to sound really weird, but people, some people are in that life for freedom. They're not in that life out of acceptance. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, how did they know that I was going to get them acceptance? Because it was shown that that's the way you no, get No, but it's acceptance. not acceptance. It's not acceptance. It's, it's freedom. Mean, freedom from what? So acceptance, yeah, is wanting people to accept you and be like, oh, yeah, I like you, I like you, you're okay. It's, it's wanting people to, to, freedom to feel like you're okay. Freedom of being able to okay. walk around with your head held high. Freedom of yeah. being able to... And I know... To not be able to look behind your back. Because having much. grown up in a, in a yeah. fucking rough area mm-hmm. where some of these crimes are taking place right now... You're not getting now, robbed all the time. Right? That's what I experienced. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was on the other end of it. I mm-hmm. couldn't walk around my head held. I, I didn't. I didn't possess the currency with which was being used to gain respect. It was all good when we was like year six. Mm-hmm. Once I got after year six, yeah, mm-hmm. like, and suddenly I wasn't with all my fucking boys from primary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was shown no respect in the area until I shown certain tendencies that maybe got people to give me some space. Mm-hmm. That's that, the perspective that I'm space, coming from. In that know? space, yeah. How important? That's what I'm trying to say. People want that space, and because you want that space. But that's my the more, the more violent the area is, the more people have to be violent. To but get that's that my exact point because that was my point before: is that mm-hmm. you are conditioned mm-hmm. from your environment, mm-hmm. right, of wanting that freedom, wanting that space. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is sometimes you get drunk of it. You know what it's like. You know when you've had a scrap, yeah, the adrenaline that you get, the rush and all that stuff, or also the adrenaline of like standing up for yourself. Yeah. Well, some people take that a bit too far. Mm-hmm. And, and the train of thought I'm going into here is what we have is young, impressionable people being conditioned into violent tendencies, right? And I'm not talking about people committing the murders here. I'm talking about what, how it starts, how mm. these things could start. And how do we prevent that from happening? How do we get them from a point where they can be free, where they can walk around with their head held high? A lot of the, how the hip hop industry has reacted, which I think is quite interesting, there's a lot of key figures in the underground hip hop scene that have t- talked about now saying, stop talking about violence in music. Stop talking about violence in music. Stop glorifying violence. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But it's not... And then the other aspect of it is that it's not just in music, is it? It's in films and it's in video games and, like, all of the rest of it. It's That's on TV. It's on the fucking news. We are... We, we literally... The message, the message is, when you watch the news, it's like, we, act, we actually commit legal murder as a country. Mm-hmm. That is the bottom line. When you go into another country and you have a war with them, you're killing them, but you're telling everyone else that it's a call. Because we're doing it, it's legit. There's a valid reason for this. It's okay to kill. It's okay to commit violence. It's okay. Are you a pacifist? I would say that I am, actually. I would say, I would say more and more so recently, I feel like I am. Like, with regards to every single war? I can't think of a single war that that we as a country has been involved in, certainly since World War II, 
right? Since World War Two. But yeah. even but like look then right in the case that's the last time I can think of where Britain's actually been forced to actually defend itself, actually defend itself, mm-hmm. and even then it was actually still a bit about defending colonial interests mm-hmm. realistically, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Hitler admired Britain. I, uh, I, we can't get into this. Get into what? Well, why Britain went into World War Two? Look, we, However, we, don't, we don't have to. My point is, is that I can't think of a single conflict that we've been engaged in since 1945, which is, what, nearly 80 years ago, right, that has actually been for what I consider to be a noble fucking purpose, realistically. So what does that actually say? What does that? What's, what does? What is the message behind that? Yeah, we're going in and fucking up other countries. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. war is just so far removed from what kids are doing on the streets. I don't think that like a random war happening the other side of the world is changing their minds about whether to pick up a knife or not. I don't think. No, it's so. not. It's not. But it's the it's the point. The conditioning of people that think for some reason we think that actually killing people on some level is actually okay. Mm-hmm. If you go on news, it's still normalised. You can watch the fucking news and see battles at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm not saying think, someone's going, I'm going to go yeah. stab someone now. I'm saying that you're conditioning people to say that violence is okay at a certain level. I think, in the acquisition um, of power. We've got games as well that will support I think well. part of it is that they just don't have any perspective yet. Like, I'm not saying that this is the solution. I'm just saying this is part of the problem. Is that they've they've grown up in a certain situation and that is, like, with stabbings happening and, like, a very close-knit kind of weird scenario um but they haven't like got old enough yet to realize that there is a life outside of that yeah. necessarily yeah yeah and 100%. that's, that's and, and i think but... you're absolutely right that that's where i think <laughs> the engagement comes into it that's why i think it's so important is to show them that perspective to show them that outlet show them that there is something outside of their postcode but the thing is like they, you'll show them that and after this when, what are they going home to do you know what I mean? There were times you would take them out and be like, oh, have a great day, the nicest time in some city far away or something like that. And they go back home and who do they see? They see that one guy that wants to get them. Put it in their community. <laughs> you know, you know Put what it I mean? in their, don't take them out of their community, right? Don't take them physically out of their community. Put it in their community. Even if, we're to, even if we don't have a centre, like we're focused on physical things, even the presence of like fucking volunteers from the more affluent areas that live near them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm even talking about myself here. It's like as individuals we are responsible for this it takes a village to raise a child like yeah. you said earlier on it yeah. takes a fucking village mm-hmm. right and like mm-hmm. oh mate like it fucking it actually really pisses me off a little bit because i'm like realistically we don't have to take kids out of their fucking manor to show them there's a different side to life we should be showing them they can create positivity within their own environment the thing is one thing i think that's so important but when the child is in it is in that situation they're not thinking about anything else. So when I'm in school and I'm thinking that, okay, there could be guys outside school waiting for me today. I'm, I'm like, while I'm in a class, I'm not thinking about the class. I'm not thinking about being creative. I'm not thinking about anything. All I'm thinking is about <laughs> how do I handle those guys that are coming after school for me today? Yeah. And I felt yeah. that before numerous times. It's yeah. And it's not, it's not like, you're not going to be concentrating on anything. So do you think knife amnesties work? And gun amnesties. Um, I tell you what, what's weird, yeah, what's weird is that from what I've seen on TV and like and seeing a knife amnesty and that sort of stuff, they are packed with knives and they are packed with knives and guns. People actually do use them, and so they have their place. I I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. They yeah. have their place. I'm not saying that they're the most effective thing, but they have their place, and I think they should be there. And well, occasionally as yeah. well, um, police stations do like a proper open house amnesty thing. 
where like they'll just have two weeks where everyone can just offload all of their crap, no mm. questions asked. Yeah. I think if we had a bit more, like I think this is the PR in me, but I think if we had like a nationwide campaign and a really yeah. great celebrity figure fronting it, yeah, I think you have to. It's exactly like you were saying before, Dan. Like you basically have to shift culture, mm. and you have to have people really pushing that shift in mentality that forward. Is because there's loads, loads of people. Like this <laughs> is the thing. Like there are loads and loads of positive. Yeah voices out there right now there are mm. loads within their communities from their communities representing their communities at a fucking national level I, I i'd even draw your attention even though it's not specifically to like violence and youth crime but even having someone like stormzy at the fucking brits was it the brits or whatever it was where he was calling out Theresa may and stuff mm. like that fills kids like that with pride it does there mm. are so there, there are more voices than ever from these communities out there doing stuff being positive being a positive influence for them. it's not enough right now it's not enough right now. They like. I think okay. My personal opinion. I think um, things are moving in that direction at this moment in time, because they kind of have to. And I think it's, it's happening because there are a lot of people. Um, I'll say from my area that are doing better than what was happening before when there wasn't anyone for people to really look up to to really succeed. Anyway. Why has there been such a big spike in it recently then? Um, because I think to handle, I think to manage, um, like these kind of areas and people not become to make it not yeah as bad as it was before they have put more money and they have given more of a voice to people from these areas and these stories so say for example when we grew up it, things were crazy so some of these stories from those times are actually interesting for people to actually listen to and find out nowadays and as you said as we go out and we start to meet people from outside we start to realise how unique our story actually is and how interesting it is to other people as well. And that's why people, that's why people have been able to be, to, to, I would say cash in from it. Actually, no, I will say cash in from it, but, and, but good cash in. Why not? <laughs> so should, there's you know? a couple schools of thought on, on why it's spiked recently. And, and I think this is definitely true of North London. I can't talk about Croydon, uh, but like, there's a couple schools of thought. So this guy, Mr. Greenhow or whatever, yeah, who used to be deputy mayor for policing between 2012 and 2016. And he said the reality is that we've seen the police withdraw, which is true. We've definitely seen less. There's definitely police are less visible been, in the streets. Police sure. have been getting closed. Because there's everywhere. cuts to the police, right? And then some Daniel Moylan, who used to be an aide to Mr. Johnson, Tragic events in London, this is what he tweeted, tragic events in London in recent days show that Sadiq Khan can only get so far on publicity and blaming the government. There's a lot of sentiment that, that, that I, saw, I saw a tweet the other day that was said something, no, it was a headline the other day that said, Sadiq, get over your fucking Brexit fantasy and start taking care of the streets of London. So there's people that think that he's has an influence. But Sophie Linden, who's Khan's deputy mayor, and I, I highlighted this, I, I read this on the train down. She argued that basically funding cuts right, uh, are basically a big thing. She stressed that £110 million allocated from City Hall will ensure a 1,000 more officers on the streets. But she's made the point here that police can't do it alone. It's about communities and families working together with schools and mental health services. Mm. And I think the spike in violence that we've seen recently, it's like it, I, there is a direct correlation between the spike in violence and the reduction of funds for these youth engagement projects, police... PCSOs, there's a fucking direct. If we were, if we were, if we were mathematicians and mm -hmm. we were just raw, rawly about the data, mm -hmm. what would we say if we saw a graph where one was going one way and one was going the other way? What would we yeah. say? It's obvious. It's, it's empirical evidence. Yeah. It's I, empirical evidence. Even though, even though that's true. Yeah. 
I'm not going to sit here and hate Sadiq Khan. I'm not, I don't hate him, but I don't think, I think that he needs to see this as a bit more of a priority than he is at this moment. Well, yeah, I haven't even heard him say anything on that. Neither I haven't either. <gasps> I've, I haven't either, but I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of Sadiq Khan. I've obviously preferred him to Zach Goldsmith, yeah. but like, I've, he's just, he's quite, I think he's quite a slimy. Oh no, really? I really. I know like you're him. a big fan. I like, am. He's but, my own. Like, he's like probably the only Labour person I actually really like. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All that's I think, yeah, he's not. He's not. I don't think he's. I don't think. My personal opinion when it comes to this, I think people are losing lives. Um, I'll ask you a question. Do you feel not safe? You feel less safe, sorry, in, on the street now than you did before. No. I've always felt safe in London. I was actually attacked once, but I've always felt safe. Oh. Mm, no. Okay. I wouldn't say I feel less safe, but what I would say is I feel a bit more worried for like family members and that sort of stuff that are younger. Well, would you have kids in London? Yeah. Yeah. Would you would you worry about which boroughs you lived in, you know, compared to like postcode wars. Yes. I'll, I'll so I'm would you lie. actually move house because of gangs? Hundred percent. If I could, but if I had kids, yeah. Hundred percent. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I wouldn't. So hang on. I wouldn't. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Mm-hmm. If you had young people and they were in danger of falling into knife crime, mm-hmm. or they were falling into gangs where mm-hmm. there was knife crime happening, yeah, you would leave the area. If that would be your sense of this is let's make communities come together, yeah, that's, that's let's point. join the dots with school and mental health. Oh, actually, that's I'm just point. gonna fuck off because that's yeah. too scary. Yeah, it would be scary, but that mm. says more about my character than what actually the solution was required. No, but mm. I'm not pointing any fingers, right? All I'm your saying point, is your that point we're asking, is that because I would leave. Lot. And mm. also, guess what? A lot of these, and I don't want to generalize, but I assume a lot of these parents will be single mothers. There yeah. are a lot of single mothers, and I'm asking two mm. dudes. So why? So why? And you me? like. Big men I I would I leave. I you would just leave. I didn't so say I would. So I said I wouldn't leave. He said he wouldn't leave. He said he wouldn't leave. He said he wouldn't leave. But the point is, the point is, why would I? Why would I leave? Because it's not safe for my kids. Would I be able to leave? Yes, because I come from a privileged background. So what I'm saying is, my solution is I want to make it safer for the people that live there mm-hmm. because I have the fucking resources that I wouldn't have to subject my kids to that. Yeah, you're right. My instinct would be to take them out of there. Unfortunately, the people that live there don't have the resources to do that and they don't have the support networks. If I was a dad there, right, would I be able to draw the community up together to fucking solve the problem, to sort my kid out? I don't know if I'd have that power. That's why I'm talking about an increase in funding for youth services to make it a safer place for my kids so I wouldn't have mm. to move. Mm. I believe, though, mm. that it has. you have to have a mixture of people in those communities to I'm make sure. it work. But the question is, would I feel safe if I had the option? Would I feel safe with my kid there? And no, would I? if I could take them out, would I? Yes. So would most of the people that live there. They don't have that option. That doesn't make it... That me leaving doesn't mean that it's like, oh, right, cool, well, yeah, fuck them then. It's just that that's what I would do. That's what they would do if they had the chance. I know people that live in those areas. I know people that have kids in those areas. I know yeah. people that have kids in those yeah. areas by themselves. And they are fucking scared. I know, it's a logical thing to do. It is a completely logical thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But what's the incentive? How do we incentivize communities to get together rather than... They need to see it from someone else. Mm -hmm. They need to see it from someone else. If Mm -hmm. if people are investing in them, they will get involved. I'm not saying it from a community perspective here of like, look, you guys aren't doing shit, right? Your kids are getting stirred up. You're not doing anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like... They need to see some, there needs to be something that joins them together, that brings them out together, a hub, a medium of 
people coming together that allows them to support each other like that. And that comes from state level, that comes from local government level, and that comes from volunteers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Why wouldn't you leave? I won't leave because, okay, to be honest with you, the main reason why I won't leave because, like, I wouldn't want my kids, I wouldn't want to become alien to my kids. Does that make sense? Like, I would want them to have some experiences that I did have, firstly. Secondly, I would want them to grow up around, say, it's going to sound bad, I want them to grow up around people, like, that are a bit like them to a mm. certain extent. And that's going to sound weird, but I do want them to see, like, black role models and that sort of stuff. That's not weird, that's cool. Yeah, I know, it is cool. But at the same time, <laughs> the, the, the sad thing is, is that, like, a lot of the areas where there are a lot of black people seem to be the areas where there are which are quite dangerous. Yeah. And that's why I just think dangerous. I, I think that being able to navigate around a dangerous area is something that they need to learn. I agree with that. And if they don't learn it, yeah. I, 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 no, you're right. You're what right. are they going to do? But do you know what? You I don't see, uh, do, you think they, do you think they really need to have that as a life skill? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Definitely, yeah. 100%. Like, it's, it's vital. Well, like, look, hang on. I grew up in a mm. village in South Cairns. Yeah. But so what? Mm-hmm. Like, am I? What's the deal? Um, I get it. I get it. Like, the thing I'm, is, yeah, I'm, I'm forever I, vulnerable, or I'm missing out on my skills. Don't take it like in a like. It's not a dig at you. No, no, I know, no, 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 it's no, no, not. No, no, no. I don't but feel no, I'm curious. I'm gonna answer this. Um, that's a good point. I believe that you can provide something, yeah, to somebody who did grow up in the area. I believe that you have unique experience that you can tell somebody, like you can show to somebody from the area. But I believe that at the same time, like for me to be able to tell my child, to be able to communicate to my child and let them know this is how you have to navigate. If I brought my child up in a different area, a nice area, I couldn't tell him anything. <laughs> I, couldn't t- I couldn't teach him many things. Like I couldn't... He'll stay I couldn't, naive. He'll stay naive. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay naive. And as well, I couldn't... Like anything I told my child wouldn't be that useful. Do you know what I mean? And there'll be a gap there. I don't know where they'll go. So, they could go. They could. They could be like, oh, but dad, um, you grew up like that. They could end so up going the back there. For the sake of you feeling like a real father, because you're passing on your life lessons and your life skills, that's yeah. the environment that you'd have to be in because it's what you experience. Okay. When I say that environment, I don't mean to the extreme, but yeah. I, I think that they would need to understand and know that environment. They they would need to. I feel like it is absolutely vital. Like. For me to understand my parents, I spent some time in Ghana, like going to school there, and I feel like it really bridged the gap for me to understand what they were trying to communicate to me. And That's I want them so to understand what they're trying to communicate Because I just don't, I just don't feel that way. I don't feel that kids have to go through what their parents went through. It's, your, not, it's not um, they have to, want, but like yeah. it's the experiences that maybe me and James had, which I think can be like mirrored to an extent, right? They built the kind of character that we would want our kids to have. I think yeah. it's the bottom line. Like when yeah. I went traveling and I was by yeah. myself, like my street wiseness and the uh, fucking, I was a lot sharper than a lot of the other people out there that were mm-hmm. fucking shit up for themselves and were getting themselves into really sticky situations without realizing they was doing it. And I, I could kind of tell that it was, I didn't meet other kids. I didn't meet other people out there who were street wise that were getting into the same dumb shit, but it was these fucking kids that were just like, 
fresh from the village who had like only really been uni they weren't living in the big bad city like you had been yeah, right yeah. i'm talking about people that had gone from their little village town to then like to university where like there's no fucking consequences ooh, like, all that and mm-hmm. then they got crazy out there those are the kids that got into trouble with the locals mm-hmm. and done dumb shit mm-hmm. but i felt like my street wiseness got me through a lot but of situations it's also the curiosity as well you're right it's also curiosity so if you've already seen that yeah when you're around it you're not going to be curious to be like ah. Oh, no, let me see how the street life is like. Let me see what this is like. You're not going to glamorise it and see it yeah. as something special because it's something that you've seen a lot and you, you've seen the downside of it. But if you haven't really seen that, you might see it as something that might be a bit glamorous. You might have some curiosity towards it. I don't want them to have that curiosity towards it at all. I want them to see it for what it is. And, and like, if they think, fuck that, good. I, I want them to feel that way. And I would, I would like them to. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's it's a gamble, isn't it? Because it's fifty fifty. One hundred percent. But I think that I'm equipped. I, I think it. I'm I'm equipped to handle that gamble. I think I don't think I'm I am equipped. What I'm not if, equipped to handle the other gamble, but this gamble I'm equipped. <laughs> what if you What if you saw a bit of teetering in them that you thought they might be leaning towards glamorizing it and getting involved in it and and getting really seriously hurt? Would Would you then consider moving? Uh, nah, I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll take them away for a bit, but they're not ultimately going to completely leave. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, um, if they wanted to, they can. If they wanted to, they can. But I'm not going to tell them, you have to leave this area and not come back. Like, you're not allowed here. I would rather, like, they made that decision themselves uh-huh. than I make that decision for them. This is in essence that I feel like... Um, but you know what, James? Like, things yeah. are a lot worse than when we was growing up, you know? I like people think... aren't bruv. Okay, people aren't running around with fucking like knives anymore. People and are rolling acid. around with fucking acid, yeah, and yeah. acid. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fucking quick to I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna get into it actually, but like... And the social media thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know we feel like that's that's a bit of a bullshit answer. No, no, it's definitely it involved. involved. No, it's, it's definitely involved. involved. It's involved. But we can't just say it's all like no, we can't no, say, we can't say it's without... just all that. But yeah, what I mean it's adding to it. That's the thing. Now, yeah, okay, this is my personal opinion. You guys might disagree with me, but now when things happen, people are talking about it, recording it, putting it on Twitter or whatever, talking about that. But back in the day, people just did the job. They just did it. Like, people no, would just but, get no, stabbed no, but, and they no, got stabbed. No, but, no one no, finds out about that. No, but, yeah, that's fair. But, like, what <laughs> we're saying free is webs this, but there's escalations <laughs> of violence where there wasn't none before because if you was chatting mm-hmm. shit about someone back in the day, that would stay between you and your boys. Whereas mm-hmm. now, like, for instance, if you fuck... You don't like just rush someone or whatever and it never comes, whatever, yeah. Like, let's say someone gets rushed and it never comes back on that person. Mm -hmm. These days, because it's filmed, they can Mm -hmm. see that person, they can track them down, which ends Mm -hmm. they're from, where Mm -hmm. they're hanging out. Because every dickhead checks in these Mm -hmm. days, Mm -hmm. they know where they're Mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. Boom, suddenly you go down there with all the boys and Mm -hmm. then what happens, happens. I feel like like back in the day, yeah, like people, things spreaded like wildfire. You said the wrong thing about the wrong person, that person's going to find out. It was. I feel you like it was just out like that. that. It's not quite the same as having video footage in your face about it. Not really, but yes. I feel like because people got someone documenting it. I thought people were desensitised to it. And also, you mm-hmm. go home at yeah. some point. You all part ways and you go home, and you just yeah. you had to put it to bed. Like you couldn't yeah. communicate once you'd gone home, basically. Um, not yeah, you had same, MSN. Yeah, but not in the same level. <laughs> of like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, like we had different things. That was the beginning of it. It was. It but was. it's it's so but, much more now. It's like that. I don't, I don't think. I don't think it's worse. It's, it's even right. worse than that. People people are influenced by these dickhead fucking all these rappers with little in front of their name. Yeah, yeah. we'll like go on Instagram <laughs> doing Instagram live feed like. Mm-hmm. 
you're a dickhead, fuck you, but that's mm-hmm. that is starting beefs. Yeah. Things as little as that, people going out and calling each was, other out. That was talk. This, this, just, this is talk. Them times there, people weren't talking. Yeah, but people it's still yeah, but what we're saying is it's drawing more people into conflict than would have even got there before back yeah, then. Yeah, I get that. That's and the thing. I can't see this as handbags. Last this is... longer. Yes. Yeah. And they're more serious, and you, you don't expect them. And it's not. And I know, man. Where it might be certain <laughs> areas, know, in certain yeah. areas where it might be <laughs> around <laughs> knife crime and mm-hmm. like you know proper. Some <laughs> still going on today. <laughs> but it's the same um, for like on a lesser extent for bullying mm-hmm. and things like that particularly amongst girls because what they're saying to each other's faces in school is then mm. spreading to the social media like yeah. outside of school and it just gets prolonged and prolonged and on. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm naive this. Maybe I think you're just that. relying too much on your own personal experiences I'm not to even, benchmark mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. right now in this current day. That's I'm not what even, I think. The thing is, some of the experiences, this, these are not mine. These are things that I've seen as well. Like These are things that, these are stories that people have told me like, yeah. um, and, and I've heard. And when I say these stories, it's not just was strictly restrictive to my area. I feel like there's many other people that would say these stories. Like you, like think back in the day, things were bad. Like before gentrification in London, things were bad. True. Like they were terrible. But you know what? Like when 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 youth workers Mm -hmm. who have been one used to be part of the gang life. Mm Two, family members still are in the gang life, and Mm -hmm. three have, like I said, been working within these communities as part of the community for the past 10, 15 years, and they are telling us that things have gotten worse, I'm going to take their word over it. Because they're on the front line. Yeah. They're with these people. Yeah. They're with these kids. Yeah. They've mentored these kids. They see, they've seen it escalate. Mm. They've seen the violence. And, and that's been unanimous. That is what's going on right now. Yeah. That's yeah. been the consensus amongst people who, yeah. like, not, not like the three of us. Mm-hmm. We're not in are, it. I'm not in it. Actually, we're not in it. I'm people not in it. who I'm are actually... We're sitting around the table <laughs> talking about We're talking about people on the front mm. line of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the people that I want funded. The people, the people I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Right? They are saying it is fucking bad, as yeah. bad as they have ever seen it. Okay. And I'm talking about people who have been shot, and stabbed. The stats, the mm-hmm. stats are backing that up. The stats are backing up, yeah. and it's it's fucked. It's just yeah. fucked. It's just really. It's I not know. Fair. I have to believe that. It's not fair, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and I mm-hmm. hate to draw this to a close, but we are at time, yeah. and we've got absolutely sod all conclusions, <laughs> except that we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're there is a fucked. I think. I think. I think I, yeah, I think the my personal opinion I think the conclusion is I think more stressing needs to be put on getting more police well not police community support officers out on the streets that's my personal opinion I don't know if you guys agree with me but I think yeah. that that would make the difference okay, I okay. Think well we'll we'll do some digging into some um groups and yeah. we'll share them on the Facebook page Oh, that's a good idea. And um, I hope Sadiq Khan's listening. Yeah. I love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling you right now, Sadiq. Get them police out there and chase up um, whoever you need to chase, whether Theresa May, whatever. Cool. Yeah. All right, that was, um, that was good. All right. Taxing, emotionally taxing. Yeah, yeah it, was good, um, it was good. It was good. All right, cool. Over and out. <laughs>